I'm Bill. And I'm T-Dog. And this is Two, two Films, films too, too Curious, where the two of us watch two movies. And we're curious about them. Yes. So, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but we have a bit of a quarantine on. It's It's been on, yeah. It's been on. It's It stays being on. So, uh, I could have put on my mask. That might have helped cut down on the heavy breathing noises. <laughs> but also, I, uh, I've been taking allergy medicine. So, listen to this. Wow. Much better. You can hear your brain. <laughs> Much better than it usually is. <coughs> anyways, uh, anyways, uh, we've been having this quarantine on, so uh, uh, we actually watched two movies kind of about quarantine. Very, yeah, very quarantine movies. Yeah. But uh, not like teen movies. No, quarantine Like, like, I literally, I just I was going to make this fucking joke you did. Wow. We're still getting back in the swing of it. It's been a minute. Anyways, uh, but before we do that, actually, uh, we should thank uh, our two patrons on Patreon. Yes. Uh, patron uh, uh, co-tagonist Nick and co-tagonist uh, Chris, who were also uh, two people that joined us in our watching of one of these movies, Ready Player One, Yes. on the Facebook. Uh, if you thought that was fun... Uh, tell us, and if you're not Nick or Chris, we'll know you're lying. Uh, no, but if that's something you guys would be interested in doing again, let us know, and we will do it again. We'll watch a movie with you guys, because it was kind of fun. I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, the yeah chat, I the chat was it. fun. Oh, okay. That's good. Yes, I, I had I had fun, and I drank three or four ciders, so that was nice. Um, anyways, uh, did you have anything else to say at the beginning of this of this piece? Do we have any other announcements? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Just that, yeah, we've got we've got a Patreon, but also people are, are struggling out there right now. So if you're going to donate money to us, obviously we're not going to tell you not to. But if you're trying to figure out what to do, don't just donate it to somebody else yeah. for right now. Don't donate to us over, like, other donations or, like, bread. Right. Or milk. Yeah. Well, depending on the milk. <laughs> no, I guess milk? probably milk is important. I, you know, I've been having <laughs> cereal with vanilla almond milk, and it's actually really good. I switched back to regular milk, and I'm like, this... this isn't as sweet and i had unsweetened but it was vanilla flavored and so it mixed with the brown sugar cereal it was very nice anyways it didn't taste like it came from a cow it tastes like it was milk straight from the teat of the almond right from it <laughs> just with the little like little in, fingers like doing those eight, letters. just with an almond yes yes anyways uh we watched two movies uh ready player one and surrogates Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the entire concept of working from home. Have you been working from home? Most of the time, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I have to go in. Well, same with you, right? Yeah, but I go in far less, I think. But I have gone in a couple of times, and I'll probably go in a couple more. Yeah. I'll start going in even more and more uh, when they do that uh, retail to-go that they're talking about doing. Greg Abbott said yeah, that... Yeah, I, I saw about yeah. I, I just saw the words. I didn't know what they meant. Ultimately, retail stores are going to open up so that they can do, like, sell you things curbside to go, just like they've been doing with other stuff. Okay. Which, I I mean, that's that's basically what retail stores are. Places Anyways, have been doing it, but, yeah. Um, but, like, I would assume, like, like the comic book store could reopen. Half-Price Books could reopen yeah. for retail to go. You have to tell them what you want. You can't browse. That make, I think that would be what it is. But I would assume that the library is going to do something similar. You can't browse that... the, the books, but you can look. You can look through the glass window. Yeah. No, we'll probably because I mean you can request online, yeah. and so they'll probably do that, and then we'll hand them to them. Anyways, 
uh, talk about work from home. Uh, and uh, let's, uh, do you want to summarize Ready Player One? Or no, I'm doing Ready Player One, you're doing Go for it. All right, Ready Player One. <clears throat> Ready Player One is a movie, um, and it's about, uh, in the future, um, so there's a... the 2040s? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. There's a, a, there was a video game that was made that, um, it's like a virtual reality thing. You put it on, like, you can wear it as, uh, goggles but also gloves um and uh like an omnidirectional treadmill and uh you can play the video game it's like a virtual reality video game but the video game got so wildly successful that all of the other things in the world are now happening in this as well um like you work in it's called the oasis you can work in the oasis you can play games in the oasis um and it's this it's like everybody uses it because uh use it or lose it right well yeah no but poverty has made it such that people aren't really going places anymore gas is far too expensive so um people are all in the oasis but the there were two creators of the oasis and one of them retired retired really early on and the other one died and when he died he was like hey i've hidden into this game an easter egg and if you find the easter egg you win all of my inheritance. Like you, you get all you of get my control stock. Yeah. of the oasis. It's yeah. it's control of uh, controlling piece of stock. It's what trillions of dollars, um, and and access to you get you know super user admin capabilities, access, yeah. admin access in the oasis. And so obviously people are like, oh yeah, we got to do it, but it's really hard. Uh, the main character is a kid named Wade Watts, um, Wade Owen Watts, who. Uh, is you know poor kid lives in the stacks which is a it's a thing that has developed in in the real world where they didn't have enough room for all the people that were living in trailer parks anymore so they started building them vertically so it's metal scaffolding that these trailer park trailers are then sort of inserted into so um it's very rickety uh and wade is very poor but he like he has this little he there's a junkyard with a a van that he can sneak into and he that's where he does all of his oasising uh, and his friend H, uh, and he, they, they're doing the race. Uh, Wade meets, um, like the first, they find the first challenge is this, this car race that they have to do. And they've been, you get the impression that they've been doing it a couple of times and they just aren't winning and it's really hard. Um, and, uh, the, the race that they're going to start, uh, at the beginning of the movie, uh, Wade meets and then ultimately ends up saving, uh, this girl that he watches when she like she streams her games and she's, she's a very popular, she's popular Oasis, right she's yeah. really good at the games and he has this crush on her uh, so they get, they start talking and you know um, then Wade figures out a clue he he thought about something uh, that uh, this girl her name is Artemis Artemis says um, and it reminded him of a clue and he finds out the clue and it turns out to win the race you have to go backwards he goes back he goes to this music or this this library this archive of all of um uh halliday the guy who died all of halliday's memories he finds a memory he hears the thing and he's like oh it's a clue i have to run i have to run this race backwards and so as everybody like goes through the starting line he reverses and essentially runs the whole race backwards and when he does he gets to the end and he gets presented with a key and a clue um and the clue leads him to the next thing but then he ends up telling his other friends and everybody like now people are finding out um and so this company uh ioi innovative online industries i think uh is the bad guys and they're like we want to do this because we've realized that we can start charging like the oasis is free but we can start charging people for it um 
and so they want to do that and like they're threatening they're like they're ea yeah yeah they, they want to put ads everywhere DLC, right what is that we can we platinum can platinum level we can advertise or we can fill 80 percent of the the user's hud with advertisements before, before it affects them or whatever yeah before <laughs> before seizures or something but um so they're trying to they're trying to win now too and they they get wade in and they're like hey wade tell us about it um and you he's like, like we'll give you, yeah. It's like they give him like they're like, I'm gonna give you four million dollars and a million dollars for life. And I just I think that if if someone was to hand you the way to essentially become like Amazon, if Amazon was literally the government yeah. and not figuratively the government, like no, I'm not gonna I'm gonna take more than four million dollars <laughs> for that. Um, but anyways. Um, the, the, the Wade's like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's stupid. And then um, the guy like threatens him. He's like, I know who you are. I found out who you are. I'm going to kill you. Uh, and but Wade's in the van. He's not even in his right, apartment. Right, he's not in his apartment. They, they go and they blow up his apartment and kill his family. And Wade's like, no, we're going to do this for reals now. Uh, during this time, Wade has gone out now a couple of times with the girl, uh, Artemis. And they kind of like, Wade's like, I love you. And Artemis is like, who the fuck even are you? uh and so wade's like oh no um but then after they blow up uh his family uh wade is kind of de facto kidnapped uh but it turns out he's not actually kidnapped he was just um it, or, i mean he was kidnapped but it's it, artemis is part of a resistance group and he's brought to where she works so that they can she he can be part of the resistance so like they're going to protect him and so then they find out that the second clue leads to uh, the Shining, bom, to bom, Overlook Hotel, bom, bom. Um, and they have to do the thing there. And I'm hugely paraphrasing because you know it, ultimately it's a it's a story about how Halliday was in love but didn't do anything about mm-hmm. it, and it's this whole big thing. Um, couldn't or didn't know how or, right you know. uh and so we're glossing over almost all of that um but they they end up doing the thing in the shining they they solve it um and then uh ioi solves it as well and ioi gets a hold of the key and they know where the next thing is it's at this castle and they they put up a force field so that nobody can get into the castle at the same time they found out because they thought that Parzival was dead. They thought that Wade was dead. They thought they had killed him. And but then they see that Wade gets the second clue right, and they know he's not dead. Um, and so then they ended up tracking down and finding where the resistance is, and launching an attack in the real world on the resistance. Uh, and Artemis gets herself captured and well, to save Wade, right to yeah. save Wade. And Wade logs in and he's like, all right, we got to try and attack these things. And Artemis uh, is able to infiltrate IOI. And now she's like one of their mooks behind the shield. And she lowers the shield at the same time that Wade is giving this huge speech to try and get everybody to come. And so like the Battletoads are there and Master and Chief, Master and, Chief and all the other Spartans, all the video game characters, Iron all your video Giant. game friends. Uh, Overwatch is there. Gundam. Dota 2 uh i don't know I, I don't know video game people tetris is there everybody's there <laughs> Pong. He's, yeah i mean he's old but he's he, he he's there around he's got a wizard they put him on a palanquin anyways um everybody there they go and help uh and the shield comes down and they go and they fight 
but while they're there, uh, like Wade is going to try and solve the thing. Uh, but then they set off this huge bomb and everybody dies. But Wade earlier had won a coin from the person that runs the museum. Uh, and the coin was actually like a, it was a, a one-up. It was a, an extra life. And he's able to use the coin. And then he has none of his stuff, but he has an extra life. And he solves the whole thing and he ends up being, winning at the end. Um, and in the real world, it turns out that the guy who ran the museum was Halliday, the other owner for the company and he's like all right these are the lawyers it's all you and he's like it's me and my friends and uh the the guy from ioi that threatened wade shows up with a gun and the cops apprehend him and that's the end of the movie you should probably watch it because i yeah everybody's happy you should probably watch it because i don't think i did a good job explaining it you you, it's such a long movie that you explain the whole plot but there's just a lot of little side plots there's a lot of little side plots and little jokes and references the whole that's the whole whole i mean the the whole movie is references (laughs) they toned it down a lot from the book which means that there's still too many references in the movie (laughs) at least in in the movie it's they're visual a lot yeah it's just like oh oh i know that guy right it's not they don't have to write it out you don't have two chapters of him (laughs) just name dropping 80s shit Anyways, uh, tell and us about surrogates. In the future, oh, I'm surrogates. Oh, okay. <laughs> in the future of 2017, oh, is when this dear. movie takes place. It came out in 2009. Okay, no, yeah. Um, <clears throat> still, I mean, Blade Runner gave a lot of years on theirs, and this movie only gave eight years. Right. They were they were pretty <laughs> sure we were going to get major technology jump, and which we did <clears throat> not get. So, in the distant future of 2017. <laughs> uh, widespread use of remotely co- remotely controlled androids called surrogates there's our name of the movie ah, I enables, that's why they called it that probably or was it reverse oh um, it enables everyone to live basically from their home you jack into this thing and, <laughs> and then you're controlling this robot that is completely indistinguishable from a human other than like a metal detector would obviously would set off. Right. Like, it's a robot. It looks exactly human. Skin, and you're getting yeah. all the senses that it has and and everything else depending on what model you have. Um, but you can be a different gender. You can be a different race. You can be anything. Your, your idealized self is, yeah. is what they say. So except for the main thing is that you can't feel pain while you're in your thing. Right. You can destroy the robot and nothing happens and to you. nothing happens to you. It's it's a whole... There's safety protocols and everything else. So this takes place in Boston. We have our FBI agent, Tom Greer, played by Bruce Willie. Bruce Willie. Um, <clears throat> he is a FBI agent, like I said. His robot is him, but younger, which it seems like he's maybe the only person in... like At least that we interact with in the movie that... Wasn't the other FBI agent that way as well? A little bit? Or no. Did we see her? I thought we just she just got shot and we didn't see her. I thought oh, saw... a little bit, I guess. Yeah. yeah, very similar. Yeah, but his is like it's de-aged Bruce Willis and the computer. Yeah. Um, his agent, his partner Jennifer Peters, um, they're investigating a death because they find out that this operator or this surrogate just got completely fried. Like every circuit went off at once. Yeah. They look through its memory banks. They see that someone pulled this weird weapon on it. They go to find the people controlling the surrogates, and both the people are dead. Yep. Because somehow this thing went, like, just overloaded it so bad it killed the actual operators as well. Um, they go check out the VSI companies, which is Virtual Self Industries. Um, 
they meet with people there who just kind of dodge all their questions like can you kill someone through this is they're like oh no i don't think that's possible um there's this kind of subgroup of people that live in these very specific areas that they have quarantined off that only humans are allowed it's it seems to be like a almost like a religious movement of like this is not right this is not how people should live um it's run by this guy called the prophet um, and he just speaks things like that like you know these are abominations this is not human life you can't appreciate it in this way etc um eventually they find the guy who shot that weapon and he has the weapon on him so um tom greer goes they go like a helicopter chase the guy's on a motorcycle he ends up killing a ton of police officers in an alley and almost killing Tom, but as he sees the weapon firing at him, he takes off his headset in real life. And he still gets, like, messed up, like his nose starts bleeding, but he didn't get killed. Um, his helicopter then crashes into this quarantine zone, and he gives chase to this guy, gets to him because he's a he's in this android body that can, like, take bullets. He's jumping over huge tall things and swinging around. Um... But then his android gets, or his surrogate gets destroyed by all the people, like, in their shotguns and trucks. And they're like, there's an abomination! And they <laughs> shoot him and they kill him. Uh, well, his his surrogate. He ends up in the hospital because, like I said, he, it did affect him pretty badly. It just didn't kill him. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, while this is going on, his wife uh, only interacts with him through her surrogate. She stays in her room. You find out they had a son that died, um, like, a very young, probably, like, maybe even five and ten, maybe. Like, based on, you see his room, and you kind of get the gist of that's how old he was. Yeah. Um, they don't go into how, I mean, they say it's a car crash, but not exactly. Well, like you can exactly... tell that Bruce Willis's wife has a huge scar on her face. Yes. So you get the, you get the idea that, yeah. yeah. It was a it was a bad car crash. And it was either before surrogates were widely, or they just didn't get him a surrogate, and maybe that's why they regret it so bad. Um, but she, she's, like, massive depression, only interacts with her person mm-hmm. uh, because she kind of hates herself. Anyways, um, they talk to one of the founders of VSI, one of the guys who invented, like, surrogates, and they find out that he was kind of kicked out of the company and that basically one of the people that were murdered at the beginning was his son Yeah, because he was using his dad's surrogate and they were trying to kill the dad. Yeah. Um, which is kind of like another little twist on it. Um, since Bruce doesn't have a, not Bruce, since Tom <laughs> Greer, Agent Greer does not have a surrogate now, he's just walking around in the real world, um, which initially is very, like, anxiety-inducing, um, which apparently, like, they have drugs for this that you can take, like, I'm sure they're just, like, super enhanced, like, anti-anxiety stuff, because right. people don't, inter- don't walk around outside anymore, it's not a thing that happens. Um, he goes, because now he's just a person, he can go into the quarantine zone, he finds out that the guy with that gun has been killed by the prophet. And the prophet's like, I don't have the gun. If I do, I'll mail it to you. Like, very just obviously yeah. get out. Um, so, kind of out in his luck on that. He meets again with the founder. The founder says, you need to focus on the weapon. I don't know what that weapon is. I don't know how it can kill people. I want to know who made it. Like, we got to figure this out because I want revenge for my son. Um, <clears throat> they... His partner gets killed, and her her surrogate gets hacked. Um, now, her surrogate is also looking for the gun, essentially. He doesn't know that she's been hacked, so she interacts with him normally. She's like, right. yeah, we need to share information about it, whatever we find. He manages to find um, activation codes for it, which then she crashes the car, gets out, and she's like, hey, 
he stole the coats and he's in he's at this intersection come get him like totally betrays him yeah um he kind of on his own he chases her down she gets away he figures out that kind of on his own kind of figures out who's controlling her um and it is in fact that guy who was the co-founder of vsi um she goes into this like server room they have where they can actually remotely disconnect any surrogate mostly for like any kind of abuse or abuse of power, like maybe physical abuse or someone's right. committing a crime, they could just disconnect them. Right. We see that that there's a, a guy's gonna like beat up his wife or whatever, and that that's how we see it being used first to disconnect yeah. them so that she can get away. Um, <clears throat> and that the founder through his partner's surrogate is going to upload use this weapon to upload a virus that will kill all surrogates and all surrogate operators. Which is extreme. Yeah. Um, Greer gets into there. He kind of finds his way into the specific room where the guy is using to control. Um, he has a gun, and he's like, you're going to watch this happen. It's going to happen. The only way to kill an addiction is to kill the addict. I wanted... <clears throat> he goes into this whole spiel about, like, he's disabled, and he's like, I invented this technology to help disabled people walk again, and then they kicked me out, and they used it for all this commercial, like, sexed-up shit. Yeah. And I'm going to kill all of them. He kills himself with a cyanide pill. Bruce, Bruce, again. <laughs> Tom Greer gets into his partner's surrogate, and the guy who's in that, who runs that server room, help, kind of walks him through. We can, we can buffer it, like, so it'll kill the surrogates, but not the people. They buffer it, and then he's like, all right, now do this to save all the surrogates. And Greer just thinks about it, and he's like sitting there, and he presses no, and all the surrogates get shut down. Which is kind of a cool scene of like people just falling all at the yeah. same time, cars <laughs> crashing, helicopters crashing because now all the surrogates are disconnected. Right. Um, and then he comes back home. He kicks in the door where his where his wife was, and she's not in there. There's a bunch of pills spilled. You're like, oh no, what happened? He goes into their son's room, which they've kept like just like it was before, and she's in there all sad and crying. And then he they share like a nice moment, and they see each other. There you go. That's it. That's surrogates. Before we get into fun facts, I realized I forgot about the thing that I wanted to say at the beginning. Tell us about what we're drinking today. Oh, we are drinking mead. mead. Thorin's, Thorin's something mead. mead. Thor, Thorin's Big Papa Mead. <laughs> it's it's a trash can. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's very good. Yeah. And it has a quote from Thorin on the back. That's my brother, by the way. Yeah. Tyler's brother's name's Thorin. Mm-hmm. So I guess, yeah, they went... Thorin, I mean, it is a Nordic name. Yeah. Even without it being Thor, like the God of Thunder. Right. So. Yeah. But it's good. It's, it's like all those kids you hear named Godwin. Yeah. I was going to make a joke about something, <laughs> but then I realized, oh, Godwin's actually a name. So. <laughs> no, it is. It's, I think it's really good. It's very uh, sweet. Yeah. But it still kind of tastes like a wine, which is odd. Yeah. But it is. It is a mead. Yeah. It was good, though. Anyways, you got some fun facts for us? I do. Fun facts about Ready Player One. Okay. Which, I mean, also, I'm going to explain, like I did to Bill a little bit before. This Most of the the trivia and the fun facts about this movie are, did you know this is in the movie? If you look at this scene, it's it's in the front. It's right in your face. He wears a Buckaroo Banzai <laughs> suit when he says, I'm going to wear the Buckaroo Banzai suit. And then and she says, says, you have the Buckaroo, Buckaroo Banzai suit. suit. <laughs> so... Um, so I tried to find fun facts that weren't that exactly. Um, 
In an interview, Steven Spielberg said this is the third most difficult movie of his career to make. Interesting. After or behind Jaws and Saving Private Ryan. You know what the funny thing is? Two of those movies are much better. No one else. Jaws one and Ready Player One. We've oh. <laughs> we've watched for podcasts. Yes. Point fact number two. Um, so he all the special effects were done by ILM, Industrial Light and Magic. Um, because a significant part of the film takes place in a virtual space based on the Overlook Hotel, um, they actually digitally recreated almost the entire hotel um, using the high-quality telescene of the original film. Huh. So based on different angles, they would then try to map a 3D space. Of Interesting. The Overlook Hotel itself. I wonder if they had as much trouble as the guy who tried to map it 2D. They probably had a little more resources. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, Spielberg and Kubrick are friends, so he may have well, just Kubrick's asked dead. Uh, True. <laughs> <laughs> he may have secret notes. Yes. You never know. That's true. He may have access to insider Insider shit. info. Um, and the fi- in the final film, it's a combination of original footage from The Shining and their 3d space huh that's cool um the spell for the orb of asubox which is what makes the big shield that protects the bad guys at the very end yeah um is from the movie excalibur which we knew but it is modern irish gaelic oh and it in its meaning is serpent's breath charm of death and life thy omen of making i think you could have done serpent's breath charm of life and death and it would have rhymed but right but whatever I'm not a professional poet. <laughs> I'm just, you know, whatever. Um, around the 35-minute mark, Halliday is shown on a cover of Wired with a QR code. You can scan that QR code. Oh, is it And Rickle? it actually brings you to an article on on James Halliday oh, on the neat. Wired website. Yeah. I'll have to try that sometime. Yeah. That would be fun. Um, in an, Sorrento, who's the bad guy, has a pop culture expert like think tank essentially and they're called oologists yes oology is the actual shi- science that studies and collects bird eggs yes that's the other fun fact here's another fun fact are you done with your ready player one fun fact yep, that's so i've got fact. two What's up? one is actually about the book uh in the book uh if you buy if you bought a, a version of the book um well, after it was a while after the book came out because i remember it came out like i bought it when it first came out and like people were like oh we love this book and Ernest Klein, the author for the book, put out a YouTube video where he's like, hey, guys, did you really think I was going to make a book about an Easter egg and not put an Easter egg in it? Anyways, there's an Easter egg in the book. And if you solve all the clues, you get I'm going to I was going to give you my DeLorean, but I love my DeLorean. So I'm going to buy a new DeLorean and give it to you. <laughs> and it turns out that the the like the beginning of each chapter, the first line was a fun font and the letters, some letters had little nicks in them. Mm-hmm. And if you took all the letters with nicks, it was a website for anoraxalmanac.com. Oh. And then when you go there, his challenge was, because uh, in the in the book, like the first thing you do if you're a real gunter, a real egg hunter, um, is code your own Atari 2600 game. And so the first challenge is playing the game that Wade coded, which is called the stacks, and you're supposed to, like, traverse the stacks. Uh, And the second challenge was a... 
uh, like a Facebook game, but it was a Facebook game that was Family Guy themed, and you went to like yard sales and bought oh. pop culture items, and <laughs> okay. then decorated your house with pop culture items. And so you had to get a certain number of pop culture items. Like there was a list that if you had twenty things from this list, you would move on. And then the third challenge was you had to beat a record on a like beat a world record on a list of Atari games or classic arcade games. The winner I got to the third challenge, but I didn't beat the third challenge, obviously, because I drive a Honda Fit and not a DeLorean. <laughs> um the winner beat the high score on joust for atari which is why free play arcade richardson's joust arcade cabinet is signed by ernest klein that's awesome my other fun fact is that the book is full full of spielberg references and spielberg was like i'm not gonna do that like that's Fair. not i, I mean can't. i respect him for that like yeah. His what was it? There was something else that he had done where he put a couple of references in. People were like, "Okay, Spielberg, that <laughs> no, okay." And so he's like, "I'm not going to do that anymore." And Ernest Klein was like, "Listen, do what you want, but the DeLorean has to be in it. That is key to his character." Taking in, so Spielberg said that he was fine with a DeLorean because he executive produced that, but he yeah. didn't direct it. Yeah. So the Fair. DeLorean is in it. He but, was involved, but he wasn't. Yeah. Right. All of the Raiders reference, or all of the all of the Indiana Jones references are gone. All of the other Spielberg, all the Jaws are out. But <laughs> we get our DeLorean. Well, because Spielberg is so essential to the eighties. Yes. Fun facts for surrogates. Yes. Bruce Willis does not like this movie. I'm gonna go into the actual <laughs> fun fact. He refused to re-record several lines of dialogue while the movie was being restructured. <laughs> so they got a sound-alike voiceover. Okay. <laughs> I've heard that uh, Bruce Willie is notoriously hard to work with. Yeah. And uh, my guess is that if he doesn't like the movie, it's even worse. Um, this one I already said. It takes place in 2017. That was one of the fun yeah, facts. Because they don't, they don't say that anywhere in the movie, I don't think. Well, I mean, there's that, that thing at the beginning, and you could, I guess, guess yeah. that it's nearish our time. They do one of yeah. those, like, newsreel montages. That One of my fun facts is about that, too. Oh. Um, it's not even really a fun fact. I just couldn't find enough about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, during that opening montage showing the development of the surrogates, there's a man with an android twin. This is actual footage of Dr. Hiroshi... Ishiguro of Osaka University and his creation Geminoid, a prototype, a prototype android double of himself. Huh. So there's actual like news footage in it. That's interesting. Um, what was I watching? I think it's um, is it Day After Tomorrow that uses footage of the president doing an address, and they make it look like he's talking about Day oh, After yeah, Tomorrow. Yeah, something like. I'm pretty sure it's that movie. There's a couple of movies I think that do it, but I think that that one. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I just think that's neat. Um, here's our classic, like, how the... You'll find stuff in Star Trek that is like, oh, that's a barcode scanner. Yeah. Um, in the beauty shop where Maggie, which is um, Agent Greer's wife, works, a device can be seen for holding the faces of surrogates while they, like, change the inner workings and, like, the facial structure. Yeah. Um, in reality, it is a gorilla pod, a flexible tripod for cameras. Fun fact... I got a gorilla pod for my fiance's dad for Christmas. It's the, is it the one from the movie? Yes. <laughs> because 
surrogates are real. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, that's how we're recording right now. We're obviously not less than six feet apart from each other. Right. Hashtag <laughs> that quarantine life. Um, My surrogate's still wearing a mask. <laughs> These last two are not even really fun. Are and they? Are they really facts? facts. <laughs> <laughs> this. In the same problem of all of Ready Player One's being... Look, did you know this was in the movie? All of these are like... Did you know that Bruce Willis is also in this other movie? Like, they're not even about the movie. So, the opening credits, which is interspersed with futuristic news footage, run to almost four le- four minutes in length. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. It's not a fun one. No. But I I did I did remember thinking, well, it's kind of informative... Long. I was yeah, I was like, this is a yeah. little, this is a little long. Like the Mad Max one is also cool, and I don't think it runs nearly as long. And then the last one is that Bruce Willis and Bing Rames, who plays the Prophet, appeared together 15 years earlier in Pulp Fiction. That's so fun. Yes. What I forgot to say was that you find out the Prophet was also being controlled by the bad guy of the movie. Right. Wasn't a real person. Yeah. In the quarantine zone too. Well. We ended on a high note there. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some similarities and differences. Do you have any similarities and or differences for us? Yes. These are both based on uh, writings. I can't say like book because it's a it's a graphic novel. It's and still a book. a book. They're both yeah. books. On novels. Yes. Graphic or otherwise. Sure. Um, and as you already discussed, there are some key differences in... Um, Ready Player One, at least. And then from what we've read about surrogates, also differences. Yeah. Like with any, like we've talked about so many times when we talk about adaptation. Yeah. Stuff's I didn't know this was going to be an adaptation Stuff's one. Stuff's going to get I accidentally did that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, but they're both, they're both using a source material. They are not completely original as movies. Yeah. Ready Player One, I feel like a lot of the things they cut was just in the interest of time. Um, it's already a long movie. It is. It's a long movie, but even besides that, like in the book Ready Player One, you have to find the key. There's a quest to find the key, and then you have to find the keyhole, which open, which gives you an egg that has the prize on it. So right off the bat, the entire challenge is twice as long, mm-hmm. because the the first key is the jade key, right? In the book, he has to go through tomb of horrors the classic dungeons and dragons dungeon and then fight instead of fighting anorak or acerarak the the lich at the end you have to play him in joust which is why joust was the thing um and so once you beat him in joust you get the key and then you have to find out where the The key key goes and you put the key in the keyhole and you open the door and now you're in the movie war games and you have to act out the movie War Games. Second challenge. Oh, what is it? Is it like you have to know the script? Yeah, yeah. You have, to, okay. you have to yeah. recite it and you have to walk and do all of the things that he does. Um, you get bonus points for like using the right inflection or like yeah. doing the right move. Um, and there, once you get enough bonus points, you get a little ticket like a like a, like a a cue card. Um, and then they end up um, making it. I saw something that was criticizing this part of the movie or of the book. Um but like once it comes out that that's part of the challenge, like other companies start like just manufacturing that. They're like, come act out Star Wars or whatever, and like that'd be fucking cool. Like I would love to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. I would enjoy doing that for my favorite movies every so often. Um, but 
Uh, I can't even remember what some of the other challenges were. Uh, one of the other challenges involved uh, getting sucked into an arcade game for Double Dragon. Um, and in addition to getting, I think that's the one that gives you the egg, but in addition to getting the egg for that, you also get a mech. Just a, a mech of your choice. So in the movie, oh, they cool. fight Mechagodzilla, and there's a Gundam. And in the book, theoretically, everybody that got to that point also has a mech. So um, It's a larger scale battle. Right. Um, and then the third challenge involves... I can't remember all of it, but at a certain point, you you, you act out 2112, the Rush song, which is awesome. Um, but the 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 la- the only really the only challenge in the movies and the books that's the same is that uh, oh the last challenge is you have to play adventure and get the Easter egg, mm-hmm. not beat it. No, which the bad guys find out. Right. And they beat it and lose. Which, honestly, is, like, the only thing that made me be like, oh, come on. Like, the the high-tech culture experts in this, yeah, are, they're all nerds. There's one. I knew about the adventure Easter egg before I read Ready Player One. My dad had an Atari. He, like, we, it was a fun fact. If your job is to know video games, <laughs> your job is to know the first Easter egg ever, which is the Easter egg in event. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Fuck it. It's done. Anyways, that's probably the major difference between Ready Player One, Fucking the book. and Oh, and I guess that he, in the book Ready Player One, instead of living in Columbus, Ohio, where IOI is, he ends up moving there from where he used to live, which is Oklahoma, which makes more sense. Yeah. Oklahoma is already shit. Just imagine how shit it would be in 2040. Just kidding, Oklahoma. You know we're playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about some differences with. Tell us about the end, at least with surrogates. How that's different. Um. So in the movie, like I said, the bad guy's whole goal is to kill everyone using surrogates, which is something like ninety percent of the population of the Earth. So he's also yeah. kind of like ending the world, in right? Because um, people have to go back to like like fucking farming and shit. I don't want to do that. No. Um, I don't want to shit. God, no. Um, in the book, he's actually just trying to do what they do in the movie. He's trying to disconnect all surrogates and permanently shut them down. Yeah. Which he succeeds in doing as well. Um, it seems that the that the graphic novel is more of a... Just a, like a detective story. It's not yeah. a save the world story. Like Tom Greer finds out this stuff's happening and he goes and then it happens anyway. More like V for Vendetta, less like yeah. circuits the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other, which is like the end of the movie, That's is the part it's that... such a huge difference. In the movie, Greer gets back to the apartment and his wife is there and they have a nice little tender moment like, you know, maybe it's all going to be okay. We don't need the surrogates. In the books, he comes back and she has committed suicide. <laughs> I don't know why I laughed. That was a really sad <laughs> thing. And I think that that would have made the movie a lot more powerful. You know, it's just shocking how different yeah, it is. It is. It is. But I think that... I think that... I think that all the changes they made to Ready Player One were good. I I like the book. I like the yeah. movie. I think I might look the like the book more than the movie. I think the movie is definitely a better movie than the book is a book. But I'm not going to say that either of them are great. They're fun, yeah. but they're not great. When they say Ready Player One is Twilight, but for men, I've now watched the Twilight movies and read parts of the first Twilight book, and they are spot on. Yeah, This is <laughs> the... 
disaffected teenage angsty boy Mary Stew. In much the same way, Twilight is the oh, disaffected. Oh, I, like ang- well, I guess it's called. I guess it's a Gary Stew. Oh. Um, but yeah, and and then Twilight. It's the same like, like. Ugh, I'm just not popular, and people don't like me. That's why all these people think that I'm fascinating because I've just moved here to Forks, Washington. Versus Ready Player One, where he's like, ugh, like I'm just not as good as you know I'm these three people. Oklahoma. I'm just I'm just this guy, and then he fucking wins the whole thing. <laughs> so I mean, but. Uh, I read it at a point in my life, embarrassingly in college, where I was like, yeah. (laughs) I'm Wade Watts. (laughs) Oh, here's a fun fact. You know why his name is Wade Watts? Yeah. They say in the movie, don't they? Okay. Because it sounds like a superhero. Well, ultimately, they elaborate a little bit further. His dad was a fan of comic books. Oh, okay. And so he's like, your name is Wade Watts, like Peter Parker. And so specifically because he was a fan of Spider-Man and other other Marvel characters. Fin Fang Foom. Anyone that Stanley made, R.I.P. It's one of my favorite... God forbid. One of my favorite scenes from Big Bang Theory is when they're talking about like, but why are all the like? It's a whole episode yeah. where the B-roll dialogue is, but why are they all the superhero names alliterative? <laughs> and they're like, they're not all alliter- all alliterative. And he names off like twenty. <laughs> he's like, okay. And then the next scene, he's like, but so many of them are. And he's like, you own like you've already said them all. And he names like twenty more. And the last <laughs> one is Finn Fang Boom. <laughs> Tony Stark. Tony Stark is not. You know why they're alliterative? Alliterative? Because, I don't know. Stan Lee knew remember. he... Well, that's the thing. He knew that if he could get one of the names, he'd be able to get the other one because it is alliterative. So okay. if he could only remember Parker or Peter, he could get the he, other yeah. one by remembering oh. either Parker or Peter. It's a trick to trick your memory. Boom, there you go. Anyways, we've not actually talked about similarities <laughs> and differences yet. Uh, I guess you did. This was your similarity, that yeah. they're both based on things. I have a difference. Uh, Ready Player One does a thing that I think a lot of modern sci-fi does where they try and explore, and I think in as reasonable a way as the movie could have, they try and explore a lot of things that might happen in a future that looks like this. So in Ready Player One, the, the crux, the thing, is that everybody exists in a digital virtual space. But then it also explores what that means geographically, what that means economically. In the books, you talk about how when you vote for president, you vote for the president of America and you vote for the president of IOI. And they've, they've I mean, not IOI, vote for the president of the Oasis, which has been Will Wheaton since basically the Oasis has been around, which I always thought was a neat thing. And he ended up doing the audiobook. Um, but um, they also, like, they talk about. They talk about what it's like to be a, a marginalized person in a world where you can hide yourself. In Ready Player One, H, Wade Watts' best friend, their name is H. And in the game, he presents as male. He's like a big, right, beefy. he's a big, beefy guy. In outside of the game, H, like you, you, you assume, because nobody says anything else, you assume that H is white, is a white cishet male. Because on the internet, everybody's a white cishet male. Or at least it was back when they wrote this book. Yeah. I mean, it's never been that like that. But that was always the joke. Um, but in real life, H is a black lesbian woman. Um, cis woman, but a black lesbian and overweight. And just the idea that she was like, when when I first started accessing the Oasis, my mom 
started like her job was customer service to the Oasis. And if she pretended to be a white man, she got better, like she got better feedback than if she pretended to be a black woman. And so she was like that from the very beginning, I, my avatar was a white man. Like that was, that was what it, because if I did that, then people wouldn't treat me any different. And so the idea that racism and other bigotry still exists in the Mm -hmm. Oasis, it's just so closeted that it, it, it's, it's, we, we hide it like, oh, no, we're fine, except it's still horrible and it hurts. As opposed to surrogates, which they tell you at the beginning of the movie, yeah, they're like, like all the things that don't matter movie. anymore. It's like, yeah, racism is over. <laughs> and they don't touch on that anymore. It's not like racism is over because we're all fine and everybody is white. No. Like, they just assume that, that yeah. I mean, that's not the point. The point of surrogates is what would it be like if, you if could people were, if you could you be want. a machine? Yeah. Um. And so that's, I feel like that's a classic sci-fi thing where they're like, oh, we're going to, we're going to explore one facet. We're not talking about. It it, it feels like a very classic, just like a standard sci-fi movie. It asks a question. Right. And tries to answer it. And it doesn't go around any of the other Mm -hmm. things. We're not Mm -hmm. talking about race. We're not talking about transsexuality. We're not talking about transhumanism. We're just talking about the one thing, robots, humans, as opposed to Ready Player One, which at the very least touches on the idea that like. This is the way our actual society would be if we did these things. You're going to have people that are hiding their race. You're going to have people that are hiding their gender, their sexuality, because they want to. Yeah. And I don't want to. I'm not certainly not trying to deify Ready Player One or slander surrogates. But I I liked that Ready Player One was open to exploring more. Yeah. So... The economics of this thing that you even get for a PG PG thirteen movie, as Wade is descending through the stacks, you see a woman like doing a stripper dance on a pole through the window, fully clothed. Uh, but you get the idea that this is they even touch on in a in a kids movie about a video game. You touch on the fact that there's sex work going on inside. Of course, there is. it's the it's the internet, right? Well, but surrogates doesn't. I mean, they they touch on it a little bit, but not really. They yeah. just touch on it as part of the larger idea of there's no risk. Not not like in Ready Player One where theoretically you could do anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, we talked about there were many things as we're watching surrogates that we sort of half joked about as things to be like, in the surrogates world, why are there no furries? Except you that... Can, you could be what... Yeah. Right. I guess maybe... There's weird. There's laws or something. Well, so, the thing is, like, you could nobody would do that. No, there would be a ton of people doing that. In Ready Player One, you have the ability to make your avatar look like anyone, which is why you have people that look like regular people. But then you've got people with grasshopper legs, right? And, right. Like, right. Yeah. What's his name? The the uh, eye rock and his his torso looks like a a <laughs> skull a hollow, yeah. right? <laughs> and even H has that sort of weird spacer shit between his torso and legs. Um. But I thought that that was an interesting thing. I liked Ready Player One for having explored more than just the one question yes. they asked. And I, and I feel like part of that is because it's a, I don't want to say a predictable movie, but like it 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 is. It's a it's a family movie. Yeah, like it. Yeah, truly, it is. It's it's. It's a Spielberg it's movie. Yeah. It's a Spielberg yeah, it, movie. It fits. It fits, a, it fits with Spielberg right. You movie. could apart from the fact that. The other Spielberg movies are the ones that people are, are want to treat so tenderly. You could easily put this in a marathon. Like, this Goonies Ready Player... I mean, this Goonies Raiders of the Lost Ark. This Goonies 
something else, you know, E.T., whatever. Um, I guess Goonies and E.T. are two things that they ended up not being able to reference. But it would easily fit in with those. Hunting for stuff, treasure maps and shit. One-Eyed Willie. Of course it's it's a Goonies. I would have assumed Goonies was in the book. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. It's been a while since I've read it, but I've read it twice, and I'm pretty sure Goonies is in the book, and I know E.T. is, because they reference the E.T. game being so shit. Yeah, um, yeah. They, where they buried them all in Nevada. Yeah. And it's not entirely E.T.'s fault, by the way. It's E.T. and, and it's, Pac-Man, and just generally the fact that they were producing... It was the bubble, it was a bubble right. that was going to burst. It was a yeah. bubble that was going to burst, but even besides the burst of having too many consoles... The people that were producing the cartridges produced, for some reason, <laughs> some there there existed two reason. Pac-Man cartridges for every one Atari that had been manufactured. Not every one Atari that was actively being played, for every one that was manufactured. You, so, you shouldn't even manufacture one for every Atari no, that was been no. made. <laughs> and so I don't know what... I don't know what they were doing. I guess maybe they thought they were fragile, which they're super not. Like, I've got an Atari cartridge sitting in my bedroom right now that I've stepped on like 20 times. They are not fragile things. These are durable things. But, yeah, I don't know. So, um, I think we've gotten a little bit off the rails here. What are, Do you have any other similarities or differences? I was going to say we should talk about yours. Okay, let's see. What else do I got? Um, oh, I guess a, a mild difference is that you have a – in surrogates, you have a, an avatar that does your work for you in the real world. You have a robot that goes out into our real world and does stuff as opposed to Ready Player One where it's all digital. Yeah. Um, which I guess is a, it's a, it's a, it, it could be seen as almost semantic, except it's, it's not. That surrogates doesn't deal with what it's like to exist in a world that could be as ever-changing as your body could be. Yes. In surrogates, all of our bodies look like sexy people. But we're in the regular real world. Yeah. Uh, in Ready Player One, all of our bodies look like weird video game shit. And we dance in a zero-gravity dance club, you know? So I guess that's a, that's an interesting difference, but one that, one that shows if surrogates existed, except that we, it, it, things don't exist in a vacuum like this, but surrogates is what would happen if surrogacy was only for business, and Ready Player One yeah. is what happens. Surrogacy is we created this for business, and now people use it for other things. Because you still do have the dance club that the guy yeah. goes to and is able yeah. to jump off like two stories onto the dance floor and then can, like start dancing and he, he dropped during the drop or whatever um but ready player one talks about what happens when an entertainment thing becomes the place where we do business it's it would be like well i mean i guess we have this a little bit that you can you can transfer back and forth between at least in eve online the in-game isk currency and our real mm-hmm like money currency and in world of warcraft you can at the very least transfer between gold and world of warcraft and a month of game time you you can you can translate to blizzard credit right you could buy other things not even just game time but other blizzard games or hearthstone packs or whatever okay it redeems to 15 dollars, which is what a month costs i didn't know that is that new new within the last year or two i think new for me i've not played in a while but okay, so and surrogates doesn't have anything like that because it doesn't have virtual space. Yeah. Um, but that's that's what happens when one movie is about virtual people and the other one is about virtual space, I guess. 
that leads. <coughs> I feel like that leads into one that I can read, which is that surrogates has less anonymity. Yeah, for because sure. Because you, you are doing your real person job just yeah. through a proxy, essentially. Right. They know who Greer is. He gets the paycheck, obviously. Right. So like he's. Well, they talk about too that you're not allowed to, to be. Yeah, you yeah, can't be. Your surrogate is is registered to you. It's a federal crime to be in a surrogate that's not registered to you, because it would be a crime mm-hmm. to to impersonate somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Which, whereas in Ready Player One, it's because Wade slips up and right. says his real name, and then they're able to track that with other stuff. Like he says he just bought this specific suit. In the book, they would not have known that's who it was. In the book, school is virtual or can be. You apply for it to be virtual and if you if your grades are good or whatever they send you the suit that you need and in the book there's not a omnidirectional treadmill it's just the gloves and the goggles you can get the treadmill um but that's like having a fucking gaming mouse you can still do it with your regular mouse and laptop keyboard um so you have the he has he's given uh, goggles and gloves from the school and so they're able they find out his real name and then they hack the school database and find wade watts and then Mm. that's how they find his house so, okay. uh, as opposed to in the movie where he, he stupidly buys some shit and then says and his then name. Says my name is Wade. Right. Well, he says his name in the movie too. You find or in the book too that you find out that someone's been spying on him, or whatever. Hmm. Um, the guy that Iraq is in the book is not nearly as cool, which uh, is saying probably. something because Iraq is not really. He's fun and I enjoy watching it, but he's kind of he's still like a neckbeard. Douche. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He's he, he's just a cool character, not a cool right. Like, he's not a cool person. person. No. Right, exactly. I mean, the actor isn't either, so there we go. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, they make the joke. They make a joke in both about you maybe being like, we don't know what you actually look like. You could be a big fat dude. And in Ready Player One, they always say you could be a three hundred pound person, a three hundred pound dude named Chuck living in his mom's basement. Like they make that joke over yeah. and over, and then they made the joke in surrogates. So I thought that was funny. A funny similarity. Um, oh, and the guy who created surrogates tries to destroy all the surrogates, and in Ready Player One, they keep talking about a creator who hates his creation, yeah. which is a reference to uh, Og, both Ogden Morrow and James Halliday having troubles with the Oasis, but then also as Stephen King hating the Shining movie. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, they talk about how in Ready Player One, Ready Player One talks about, as I said before, that it because it explores so many other things, Ready Player One talks about the economics of keeping the Oasis free and mm-hmm. ad-free, that it's an economic resource. It is, it is, it's kind of like if you taxed, like they tax travel in the Oasis. You can't, like you can't just get in a spaceship and fly, you have to have fuel. Mm-hmm. But if they taxed, they want to put an ad, they want to put billboards in the Oasis, which we do in the real world, but it's a virtual space. You don't have to have that in there for it to still run. Um, and so they talk about how, like, if you were to monetize this, if you were to charge people $10 to access the $10 every month to access the Oasis, because that's what I talk about, a monthly fee, it would be like charging you $10 a month to go outside. Which you pay taxes, you pay for the upkeep of outside. Yeah. But you don't pay just because the outside is there. Yeah. And we, so surrogates like, never touch like on we that. do now. Right. Inside. 
surrogates never touches on the fact that a surrogate i mean they barely touch on the fact that it costs money that he has to go to a pawn shop to try and find a new surrogate but it's right well that's the thing too it's only it's only a lower model because he can't have he doesn't have the time really or the money to buy a new one it's not about you get the impression that he could have waited and got a better one but he needs one now Mm -hmm. it's not about how how the fuck are poor people going to get a surrogate they're not so poor people well, they play live in the quarantine zone. Well, yes, yeah. <laughs> but Wade, who would have been too poor to yeah. buy a surrogate, is fully ready to play the game. Play one to play your one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think that's all I got for fun facts, which is fine because we're also moving into questions. This may be a long one, but we've had our rants. So uh, let's see. Uh, do you have any? Question. Do you have any questions? We'll do your one of we'll your questions okay. first. Let's see. Which ones of these worlds would you rather live in? Oh, Ready Player One. Yeah, hands down, Ready Player One. <laughs> I think that it would be more. I think that I, if I'm gonna go outside, I want to go outside as me. I don't want a robot me. Yeah. Plus, let's be real. When I make me in a video game, I make me in the video game, anyways. I know other people don't. So I'm not in, gonna in tell either them to of these to. answers, you would be. I would be me. Bill. Yeah. <laughs> but in Ready Player One, you could have a Star Destroyer. <laughs> right i don't know if i've talked a lot about outfit. this oh i have <laughs> or george so you, washington out. One you know you know my answers to another question later on oh. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's it's um i would much rather live in the ready player one world i surrogates is a cool story and i thought it was an interesting movie uh, i don't even know that i'd rather live in that world than my current world no yeah i i, I much prefer what we've got going on now i get i get why maybe surrogates would be helpful. exactly right now in quarantine right, right now maybe right now a if surrogates, surrogates would be nice if surrogates were cheaper it would be safer and so i could be talked into it but i still all the time people would be like why aren't you in your surrogate and i'm like i just want to fucking get some soda <laughs> i don't need a surrogate <laughs> to get a fucking soda you could you could bring you could walk back into your room and Pour it into your own mouth <laughs> with your surrogate. Drink up, Billy. <laughs> That'd be some weird shit. I'd do it just to creep people out. <laughs> uh. All right. Imagine you are in the surrogate's world. Would your surrogate look noticeably different? I don't know. My I surrogate don't... would look clean shaven all the time. Yeah, less upkeep. Yeah. I'd probably grow out my quarantine beard in real life again. Yeah. I, I, I trimmed it very recently. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, my face shape totally changed. I know. <laughs> Once I trimmed it off. I know. We're not going to talk about that here. We'll talk about this. <laughs> no, so my, like, I guess my surrogate would have actually white teeth and not this coffee yellow I've got going on right now. Maybe I guess it would be an, an idealized version of myself. Which is, I guess, what mine is looks like in a video game. So Yeah. He'd still be, he might be a little thinner, but he'd still be my average, my general weight. I'm not a, a small person. Maybe, maybe we'd go back down to 250, like in college. I don't know. You, you'd be just like Greer. You just have a, like a, a, an earlier version of yourself. Does that make me vain? Does that make us vain? No, because I, I thought that initially watching yeah. the movie that like, oh, he's himself. Is, is that like really narcissistic that like. He thinks that his old self is perfect, but I maybe it is vain, on, but it's okay. As the movie went on, I found it to be less vain than people that were just wildly different from who they actually are. Yeah, I don't know. In, in, I like, don't know. in like a strange way of, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that one. That's a tough one. 
my question is, do you think that anyone else could have directed Ready Player One? Would anyone else have the, the chops to be able to do it? So, here's the thing. I think that if they wanted to do Ready Player One as close as they could to the books, Spielberg was the best choice. Mm-hmm. I think that if they wanted to make it a good movie and not just a fun movie, Spielberg was the red herring choice. Yeah. Spielberg is the choice you get when you want to make a, mo- a movie that is just as referency as the books. Just like a fun movie, it'll right. make money. Right. And if that's what they're going for, which I think it was what they're going Ultimately, for. Ultimately, yeah. And it was they did it. They nailed it. But I think that Spielberg, what was I just reading? Something about like Spielberg, Spiel, choosing Spielberg is like choosing the really good looking grail in Indiana Jones 3. It's Jesus. Of course Jesus would have a golden chalice. Except no. That he's got that bronze piece of shit. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I can't... I think that... You know when they do a movie... Well, it's it's like when... when Robbie, Robert Downey Jr. and uh, John Favreau were not the ideal choice for the oh, first no. Iron Man. Um, Heath Ledger was... People were just Upset. just horrified that that was even a, a a thought that anyone would utter and so i i would have been interested i would have been interested in somebody i don't even know who that would have been though like is there i don't know i want cyberpunk wes anderson to do this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know if that's a thing i want that um, but it wouldn't have it wouldn't have made you wouldn't have been able to with a person like that except for based on all the money that you would have saved picking him instead of Steven Spielberg. Yeah. I don't think that you could have gotten a movie like that to get the money that it needs based on the people suspecting that it was going to generate enough money in the box office to make it a viable option yeah. to which, put money in, to inject that money into it. Right, which I get, and so ultimately I I own it. I own it on Blu-ray and I like it and I'd watch it again. If someone was like, You wanna watch Ready Player One? I'm like, shit, yeah, sure, whatever. Um But I think that there could have been a good movie and not just a fun movie. I think there could have been for sure a different or better, depending on your perspective of it, director. Yeah. But I don't know that anyone else could have pulled the IPs. Like, oh, for like sure. Well Spielberg that's the thing too. I mean yeah. you've got based on I mean Amblin Entertainment, Spielberg's company was what who, who did who framed Roger Rabbit. And that was ultimately Ready Player One used to be on our shelf for those of you who are not aware. We have a shelf where all of our potential options go. And Ready Player One was on the maybe shelf with Who Framed Roger Rabbit for since the genesis of this whole operation because both are Spielberg driven and both have this just amazing just liturgical uh not liturgical that's church stuff uh litigated like yeah law shit it's a night it's a litigation nightmare yeah (laughs) yeah exactly and like in 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 who framed roger rabbit you had like we don't want individual screen time with mickey and bugs bunny to be disproportionate like to the second bugs bunny and mickey mouse need to be on the screen Mm -hmm. the same amount of time the Donald Duck, Daffy Duck piano duel and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, they needed to be, they, they couldn't be a winner. Yeah. Because if they won, if one of them won, then that's the better duck and you can't have that. So, and, and Ready Player One has some similar shit. And because of that, I'm, I'm sure that if there was someone that was dragging their feet, I know that there were IPs that they couldn't use outside of Spielberg's because there were a couple of people yeah. that were like, no. 
which um, just seems so like yeah like whatever bad will yeah but my guess is that there were probably a couple of people that were like eh, and then they're like hey steve go call him yeah like hey go, go tell him like <laughs> hey uh i'm steven spielberg and i was just calling we're making this movie i don't know i don't know if you've heard of it are you ready <laughs> Player one, <laughs> it's, it's me, Margaret. <laughs> but like, you're but, right that I think that he he was he was integral in locking down a lot of shit. I would assume. Do you think that since we've talked him up, we could get him to call um, whoever's in in charge of showing people Dune footage before the movie comes out, and maybe be like, "Hey, there's this podcast. There are these two guys, Bill and T Dog. You've talked him <laughs> up. I kind of basically said he was a bad choice for this movie. <laughs> So well, it, 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 you gotta go. I will. I will show you. I will try to to show you the footage. If I can't, at least I'll tell you everything that happens. Okay. You're not gonna wear. You're not gonna show up. Fucking with NBA a, that I sign. I'll tell you. Fucking <laughs> American flag lapel pin. That has a like, camera. <laughs> can I sit near the speaker, please? <laughs> no reason. Are I'm you hard. deaf? No. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> So yeah, anyways, <laughs> someone asked, one of Devin's friends asked uh, yesterday, two films, three curious, I love them, Devin, asked uh, yesterday what movies we were excited for. I was like, Green Knight, supposed to come out May 29th, and Dune. That's, I'm Fuck, certain there are tons so of other movies coming Dune. out that I'm also excited about. Also, I don't mean to have a pity party right here on the podcast. Uh, my birthday is next month, May 29th. Yes. And although they're opening things up for retail... There are people dying. This is not a big thing. And I'm so happy that everybody I know is healthy. Even the people that I know that are essential workers are healthy. So I'm blessed. But my birthday is May 29th. more blessed. And theaters will probably not be open in time for my birthday. And I was so excited to go see Artemis Fowl and Green Knight. They come out literally on my birthday. That was going to be my birthday party. We were going to go see those two movies, have dinner in between, do a whole thing. Not only have they already moved Artemis Fowl to Disney Plus only, they bumped it to June 16th. Oh, no. And I saw the trailer. This movie looks like it's going to be shit. (laughs) I was so excited. I liked all the changes, and then I saw it, and I'm like, ugh. We, we still do. We still have Dune. They could show the worst trailer ever, and I'm still going to see that movie. Yeah, I saw those pictures, and I'm like, this is really great. I I'm saw this person who's so like, these costumes that. look like shit. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? They're <laughs> they're wearing them. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Anyways, do you have any other uh, questions? What's I have right? a question, and it's kind of the worst. <laughs> uh, imagine you live in Ready Player One. Okay. In Ready Player One, each character... Hey, I already have an alliterative name. There you go. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Bill Bikesell. <laughs> or Bill. Million Mikesell. Well, I mean, my username would be Beauregard Nanners because that's my username for pretty much everything. Oh, I'm going to get doxxed. Uh, anyways. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm so imagine in, you're in Ready Player One World. I am Player One. In play, as Player One, everybody has... Once you get powerful enough in this game, you start to amass shit. And so everybody has generally these things. What would your vehicle be? In Ready Player One. Your car-like vehicle. A car or a motorcycle. A three-wheeler thing. This I have an answer to because we talked talked about about it it. during the car race as we were watching it. Uh, Mine would be one of the 
It doesn't have to fly, especially in like in that car race. Things don't fly above. Right. But the flying cop cars from Blade Runner. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with either the Herkimer Battle Jitney from Mystery mm-hmm. Men or uh, the, what is it, the 76 El Camino with a 77 door and a Dodge something hood uh, from My Name is Earl. Uh, everybody's got like a like a ship for like dog fighting style ship, not like a not like the Bebop, but like an X-wing. Although I guess Wade Watts has the Bebop. But uh, what would your spaceship be, and would it be the car from Blade Runner? No, my spaceship would be um, either. How big is allowed if it's against the stock five we'll, because we'll mine call would it... be like the milano from guardians that's fine that's fine size or a similar size the ebon hawk from knights of the old republic okay yeah i mean i guess i i would i would want there it, it's it's, it's funny that you said a crew a small crew yeah. can live in it but it's not bigger than that right a small crew could live in it or one person could fly it yeah it's it's not yeah both of those are much smaller than like the millennium falcon right which uh, is still not a huge no ship. and would also be fine in this answer as no. well um it's funny you say Evan Hawk because I would pick Moldy Crow, also from Star Wars, from Star Wars Dark Forces. It's like a Star Wars video the game. And Millennium Falcon, and then they're like all the ships have yeah. to have Adge- an adjective, adjective and a bird. bird, adjective bird. <laughs> no, uh, Moldy Crow from uh, Star Wars, um, or there's this Star Wars ship that they have that was supposed to be another kind of carrier ship, and in the lore, like it didn't take off, and so they didn't do the things that they wanted. But it's sort of a crescent. Okay. And, like, you fly on one end, and on the other end, it has this, like, dock door that you could then attach things to. Hmm. So, one of the things... This is a, maybe a little bit bigger than what we were like going a for. fancy hat. Essentially. Except it's, like, on the, it sticks out from the other side. And so, one of the things, like, the only one that in the lore they were able to produce was, like, a, a storage container that was big enough to be, like, warehouse-sized. Okay. So, essentially, your ship is carrying a large warehouse. But they were like they had one. They were they were gonna make one that was like a small fighter ship dock. Hmm. So I would want one of those with an X wing inside. <laughs> All of my ships are Star Wars ships, or uh, a Firefly class starship from Firefly slash Serenity. That's a really cool ship, and I don't care that. A lot of other nerds my age that we'll I would have, not want to associate yeah. with would also have that ship. <laughs> That's fair. It's a really nice ship. All right. Uh, these people also have a base of operations, a much bigger mm. transportable fortress, uh, a castle, or something where all your shit can get locked up in. What's your base? Uh, well, it's definitely going to be a castle. Mine would be a Star Destroyer. Fair. It's big enough to be a base. And it can hold all my spaceships. Yeah. And all your cars. And it's my fucking favorite spaceship <laughs> from the history of ever. The way that Wade carries around his car in the book. I guess he does he do it in the movie? Oh, yeah, they do it in the movie. Um, but he has this thing that makes it Hot Wheel sized. And so yeah. it looks like a hot... Like it even says Hot and Wheels on the bottom. he throws it on the there. track. Yeah. Um... But it's not like it's kind of like a novelty that he has it yeah. in the book. Anyways, what Base. castle? Oh, I don't know. Oh, maybe I'll have to come back to that one. Okay. 
What is your ranged weapon? Oh. Um. My my first thought, just because of my other answers, is the really cool pistol from Blade Runner that's got two barrels. Yeah. That's a really cool gun. Um. Oh, I just I have my answer and it. What is it? A stormtrooper rifle, obviously, always a stormtrooper rifle, the E11 type blaster, mm-hmm. but also that weird revolver that the Man in Black has in uh, Westworld, the the TV show. Oh, that has the 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 part that you can uh, shoot the shotgun shell that's inside of the revolver barrel. That is such a cool revolver. <laughs> it is so extra and so wonderful. That's what I would have. I want that. If I was a gun person, I would want that in real life. I'm not. Yeah, Kota, I mean, <laughs> two films, three curious alum, Brenda, who's listening. I'm not going to buy a gun. <laughs> but that's a really cool gun. Guns are just cool. I'll, yeah. I'll just I'll say it. <laughs> They're dangerous. And I think that we should Certainly. be maybe banning Cigarettes more Cigarettes are also cool and dangerous. Right. I would never smoke two films through Curious Alum, Devin. What about two two films through Curious Alum, Brenda? Are oh. you going to tell you wouldn't smoke? I mean, she's she's had a cigar with me before. She didn't like it. <laughs> and I'm like, here, have some of this. And she slammed it, and it was scotch, and she didn't like that either. <laughs> Anyways. Uh... So your gun was the, the the gun from Blade Runner. Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll we'll stick with that. It's a close combat weapon, and why is it a weeaboo katana? It's the Ashbringer from World of Warcraft. Okay, it's the paladin weapon and lore. It's, okay, it's it's so cool. And and I I said I would play it until I was able to get that, and I've continued playing it past that. But, but you that got was that. one of like my ultimate goals since playing in vanilla World of Warcraft. It was you wanted was Ashbringer? Getting Ashbringer, yeah. Which is why I always use it for my transmog, even though I have way cooler looking weapons. It's it's important to me, and I just love stupid RPG sized improbable <laughs> swords. Just no one could actually wield this fucking thing. <laughs> like it's it's gonna be that or Frostmourne, so it's gonna be a Warcraft weapon. I think Ashbringer over Frostmourne. I own mine. You got it for me. Oh, I do. Conan's Atlantean sword. The one his dad made is cool too, I guess, but I want the Atlantean sword. I would also be chill with an Urukai cleaver mm-hmm. sword thing. With or, of course, Anduril, Flame of the West. Forged from the Shards of Narsa. Right, or Orcris, the Goblin Cleaver! <laughs> or Glamdring, the, the Bow Hammer! Any of those would be wonderful. But, ultimately, Conan's Atlantean sword is, is the sword for me. I think it's a neat sword. I quite love it, and it's the only sword I own. What is a mech? You get a mech. Oof. I don't watch enough mech stuff. I didn't either, and then I thought of my mech, and I'm kind of excited about it, because nobody. I feel like it's not really at the top of anybody else's list. Hmm. What is yours? The weird mech from Megas XLR. <laughs> Did you ever watch that show? No. So Megas XLR was like, I didn't watch really a lot of anime. Uh, as a kid and migas xlr i don't is not like a traditional anime it's a western it's a western thing um but the story is that in the future there's like the like this elite force that fight in mechs and they got like this lady and her mech got blown back in time and the Mm. mech landed in a junkyard and like tried to camouflage with the stuff in the junkyard and this guy 
who works as like a like a repo man i think is the deal he's a repo man for the junkyard he's supposed to go get this car and he's like if you do it you can have anything from the junkyard and he's like okay i want that car and he points at it and then he gets in the car and then it stands up and the car is the head of a mech <laughs> and so he's like modding the mech so that he oh, can do it i do remember this yes. show <laughs> and so he drives this mech with a steering like, wheel a and car. a bunch of video yes, game that's controllers how I know. yeah now i know it's, in the it's song he says uh something about like uh you're trying to save the world in your giant robot car but you don't know how to put it in gear or something like that <laughs> i do remember this show you know well i love giant robots you love giant robots chicks dig giant robots <laughs> yeah it would be the it'd be the mech from megas xlr <clears throat> Counterpoint. You and I pilot uh, Cherno Alpha. Boom. <laughs> Dickity done. I don't clan up. Well, good luck. Good luck <laughs> taking that neural load by yourself, Ram. I could do it. <laughs> I am Stacker Pentecost. Anyways, okay. So, yes. No, I like... I like. Uh... Oh, my base is my garrison in World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's it. We're done. Anyways, uh, did you have any other notes? Because I think other than that, we oh, got it. I think that's it. Thank you guys for listening and listening to both the longest and probably <laughs> least important question in the history of this fucking podcast. And perhaps the longest and least informative podcast. I don't know. You know, I think that the fun facts were quite interesting. Most of them. Uh, and some of our rants were okay. Were listenable. Right. So uh, thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed it, Please tell us on Facebook because we'll think you're lying if you don't. Uh, and uh, we'll see you again later this month, probably with a special feature. Have a good rest of the quarantine. Stay safe out there. Yep. And we love friendos. You. And we love you. <laughs>